May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So this morning we continue the Christmas story with the response of the shepherds. So I'd like to explore a little their response and then our own response to the good news of Christmas. We read in the gospel that the shepherds initially responded with fear to the angel who came to them. But once they'd been reassured and the message from the angel was delivered, we don't hear any more about fear. Instead, where this morning's reading picks up, we hear the shepherd's words, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. The first thing that is striking in their response is their acceptance of the message. And maybe that shouldn't be surprising, because if a dazzling bright angel from heaven appears to you with a message, and then is joined by a multitude of other angels all praising God, then maybe you don't doubt the authenticity of the message. Still, compare it with the response of Zechariah and even of Mary, both visited by angels. Both question and probe. But the shepherds say, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Not see if it has happened. See the thing that has happened. So they accept the news and off they go to Bethlehem. In fact, in a hurry, we read. And yet despite their confidence and trust in the message that they have been given, they still need to go and see for themselves. And that is because if we look back to the angel's message, which we heard last week or earlier this week on Christmas Day, the angel says, Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the angel encourages them to go and see and find this sign. What's interesting here is the angel's words that a saviour has been born to you. The you here is plural, the case is dative. So this is a saviour who has come, the angel announces, to you. Suddenly it's personal for those shepherds. The saviour who has come is not for the rich and powerful, not just for the wise or religious. The saviour comes for those poor, smelly, marginalised shepherds. And then we find the same word in the Greek, translated again, to you, just a line later when the angel says, this will be a sign to you. The saviour has come to you, the sign is again for you, to you a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This the shepherds have to see. So they rush off to find this saviour, born for them, wrapped in cloths, not unusual, lying in a manger, more unusual. And then their response to seeing him. 
was to spread the word concerning what had been told them. And then they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So what was it that they saw that convinced them that this saviour really was for them? Well, first of all, this saviour was accessible. He was not born in a palace, not hidden behind locked doors. Anyone could wander in and see the baby Jesus. And indeed, that's what happened. How Mary must have felt when half a dozen (coughs) smelly shepherds appeared in the doorway is anyone's guess. But that's the point. Jesus is accessible to all. And there must have been something comforting and reassuring for those shepherds who spent their days surrounded by smelly sheep and were smelly themselves to go into a smelly stable surrounded by animals. There's no standing on ceremony here. I imagine they would have been quite uncomfortable in a palace or even a house to go in and find the baby there. But a stable was familiar. Secondly, born in poverty, on the margins, Jesus had no bed. As we sing in a way in a manger, no crib for a bed. Those shepherds knew what it was to sleep without a bed. Many nights they'd spent sleeping on the cold, hard ground in the hills around Bethlehem. A saviour who knew their hardships and trials, and indeed lived them, truly was a saviour for them. And so we see the incredible response of the shepherds, who having seen the baby, their saviour, respond by spreading the word of all that they have been told. The good news they had received was overwhelming. It filled their hearts with joy, and so they shared it with all who crossed their path. Their response of spreading this good news was natural and organic, It flowed from their experience and the living faith that had welled up inside them. Note that we're told that they spread the word about what they have heard, but that they praise God for all that they had heard and seen. Perhaps those memories of seeing the baby in the manger were too precious to explain. But they responded with joy and praise to the God who had sent the saviour of the world to them. I wonder what would have happened if that night the angels had been sent to some different people with the message about the saviour. Not to humble, smelly shepherds. I wonder who they might have gone to and what their response might have been. I wonder if they'd gone to the theologians. Perhaps they would have got their commentaries out to consult the religious texts. I wonder if they'd gone to the politicians. Perhaps they would have to check that no one was watching before they responded, or indeed that the right people were watching. I wonder if they'd gone to the rich and powerful 
Perhaps they'd have to check their busy schedules before heading off to find a saviour. And then probably not to a stable. What if they had come to us? I wonder how we would have responded. And how do we respond knowing the good news of Jesus? Like the shepherds, do we accept that groundbreaking message that the Saviour has come for us? Does our heart overflow with this good news? Do we, like Mary and the shepherds, treasure the things we have seen and ponder them in our heart? And then do we praise God for the joy and wonder of the baby Jesus, the Saviour given for us? I wonder how we respond. Amen.